I think it has to be a gradual conscious decision to try and to practice doing this but once you've seen that side of yourself where you can be positive and you can win (laughs) you can do hard things and you can do it from a positive place once you've met that version of yourself it's hard to unsee it hello my beautiful friends my name is dr beck and i am christine barker and this is am i doing it wrong a podcast for doctors by doctors. Dr. Beck is a mindset coach and medical doctor who specializes in liberating driven professional women from the limitations of perfectionism, imposter syndrome, and people pleasing. She's basically the cheat code for getting out of your own way, showing up authentically, and living a life you're proud of. And Christine is a medical educator and nephrologist who creates resources for doctors in training that I truly think are an unfair advantage. She makes complex topics super simple and takes the pain and uncertainty out of passing your medical exams. Christine and I connected a few years ago via our online platforms and over the years we've discussed countless highs, lows and in-betweens of doctor life. And in doing so, we've experienced firsthand the power of vulnerable conversations to show us where we're getting in our own way and underestimating our capacity. So we want you to be part of the conversation and experience these same results. Every week on the pod, we'll be bringing you conversations which shine light in dark places, normalize the doctor journey, ease unnecessary suffering, and give you actionable steps to thrive in all facets of your life. So grab a cuppa and get cozy for this week's episode of Am I Doing It Wrong? The podcast for doctors by doctors. All right. Hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. How are you doing today, Christine? I'm good today. I was just saying to Beck, I feel like very excited and maybe slightly chaotic. I've got a course opening up tomorrow (laughs) and I'm just trying to get all the ducks in a row for that. So um, I am here and I'm so excited to be here. And if anyone can feel that kind of nervous energy, that is the why. (laughs) What about you, Beck? There's such a fine line between excited, chaotic and like anxious, nervous, isn't there? Just like the slightest tweak. It's so true. And I am excited. And that's the thing. And that's the same with public speaking now, because my friend actually said that to me that she's like, you know, nervousness and excitement is the same emotion. And I was like, it actually is the same emotion. Um, And it truly, truly is my lived experience. I'd say that to myself every time before I go and do public speaking, because it does really, really help to remind yourself of of why. And, And that is so true. I have been lit about opening this course for the past few weeks I am obsessed and I am so excited that clinical exam season is here so you're absolutely right so thank you for reminding me about the usefulness of my chaotic energy so amazed that you've had such a high energy level for weeks now like it's just reflecting how oh how lit up you are about this course doesn't it yeah yeah and I get it's a cause as well I know well I've, I've had the chance to connect with some of the people who'll be in the course and it's just like as soon as there's a human factor I'm there I'm there for it oh my gosh we need to tell everybody about the course it's rock your long case guys come along (laughs) if you're studying for your clinical exam yeah um that wasn't my purpose for telling you that but it is going to be an absolute blast this year definitely check it out it's going to be so much fun and tell me more about you tell me more about your day and how it's going Oh, I've just been riding this wave of remembering and being reminded of how useful it is to feel positive, to be optimistic, to believe that good things are happening, that everything's working, that I can do it. And that might sound really 
basic, especially to someone like you, Christine, you're so careful with your energy. You're so well attuned to your energy. You live and breathe this. For me, my mind is so good at being critical. It's so well practiced at focusing on the negative and it's still a deliberate practice for me. And I mean, it's, it's more natural to me now. It comes more automatic to me now to be positive. I'm sure I spend a lot more of my time by default, just to my default programming being positive, but it still is a deliberate effort. It still is something that I, I find myself being negative and focusing on what could go wrong unintentionally my mind going to that place. And it's a, it's a deliberate practice for me to pivot back to the positive strategically. So I'm just, I'm, I'm experiencing the positive results of that today. I'm just, I've had the reminder and now I'm living into it and I'm just enjoying the results that I'm getting from that today. Can you give us an example, like from your recent life? Oh, absolutely. Literally just sitting down to work this morning. I have been approaching my work over the last couple of weeks from a place of fear with thoughts like, am I going to be able to get all of this done? Which is, uh, it's a very leading question in my mind. My mind answers that with, no, (laughs) I don't have enough time. I don't know that I can do this. This is too much. You're making it too complicated. All these kind of extra judgments about what I'm doing, what I'm working on. And it's it's not that I believe those things, guys, but this is the chatter that's going on in my mind and I've trained myself to become more aware of it, which is a really good thing because then I have an opportunity to change it. But, but when I have this chatter in my mind, what I recognize is that it changes the way I feel. And when I'm sitting down to work with thoughts that make me feel deflated, defeated, hopeless and also on a higher more chaotic energy if you like overwhelmed frenetic panicked worried I've got these this this stew of emotions all of which make it harder for me to do this task that I'm already finding hard so that's the way that um, I, I found that I have been working over the last couple of weeks. And so I've had this beautiful reminder about how different I can feel and therefore how different this experience of working towards this, this thing that's challenging to me can be when I am less focused on the negative and more focused on the positive. And um, this is quite... Uh, This is actually a dramatic change in my value set and my belief systems from me way back in medical school when I used to actually believe, I remember telling this to people, I remember telling this to my partner at the time, I was like, I think we were were driving home and I was talking about, well, if this goes wrong, then I do, then I'll do this. And if this goes wrong, then I'll do this. And I need to do this just in case this happens, this just in case this happens, and this just in case this happens. And I was listing off what felt like 10 different pathways and 10 different mitigation plans for making sure nothing went wrong so that everything went right so that I achieved the goal that I wanted to achieve. And I remember thinking, this is why I'm successful. This is why I get things done because I attend to all of these things that could go wrong. And 
I had no idea at the time before I became more aware of my thoughts, emotions, and behaviors that that wasn't actually productive. It wasn't actually the reason why I could achieve the goals I wanted to achieve. And if anything, it was probably a massive hindrance. It probably actually made things a lot harder for me. And I actually achieved what I achieved despite that enormous burden. And so it would actually be really fun to talk about this today because I just interacting with people in my my day-to-day life in the hospital and, and, and back in med school, a lot of people, a lot of my friends shared these same thoughts as well. But also I know my clients, a lot of my clients have the same thoughts that they they really want to hold on to their their anxious, doubting, negative, worrying thinking because it's useful. I know that this um this belief system is held by a lot of us, um, at least in medicine. And I, having now experienced the other side of it over the past couple of years, I would just love to start to loosen people's grip on this idea that they have to feel terrible and be anxious and be fearful and think about all the things that are going to go wrong in order to make things go right. What's your experience with this, Christine? I just love it so much. And as you were as you were talking, I was like thinking back to, yes, past uber, uber negative Christine. And it was like, I mean, I, to be honest, I know that it's not for everybody, but I definitely believe that you magnetize things to you. Like law of attraction and stuff is my lived experience. But before I was tuned into all that, I would definitely be behaving in negative ways and thinking negative thoughts and it would affect my experience and then when that happens to you when the negative thing happens you're like oh see it's like you've proven to yourself that you were right and the only way to think is negative and so it's quite hard when you're actually living your life through that lens because you will I think that even if you you might even attract the same amount of negative things and positive things but you're so drawn to focusing and emphasizing the negative that that is the thing that you will I guess um, see the most, feel the most, even if something positive has happened. So it might just be the exact same things are happening, but your lived experience of it is so different. And the, the experience that came up for me was, um, it was like, I created a torture chamber for myself, but I was doing my renal uh, training and I did it in three transplant hospitals. So three years of transplant, which is what I absolutely wanted to do. Um, but then every time I was on call, it felt like more often than not, I would get a transplant. And that is lovely transplanting people is a beautiful thing but it also meant sleep deprivation which is not so beautiful and I was run ragged and I was burnt out and then I would be on call and I would be like I don't want to get transplant tonight I don't want to get transplant tonight and then boom <laughs> like almost by magic as soon as I was on call there would be a transplant and so that then I just believed that I was a transplant magnet and my other colleagues who were a lot more relaxed than I was didn't really think about it they got to sleep through the night <laughs> And I genuinely, I mean, maybe it was just the way it went, you know, but I I can definitely see that that sort of came to mind. But I think on that, Mike, I guess more of a day-to-day level, you're right. I think when I sit down with a positive mindset to do anything, I'll achieve it in such a way that it feels a lot more effortless and a lot more fun. And and yeah, I'll be I'll be a better version of myself. So I think it's such a beautiful topic to bring forward today for all of those reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think the most common thing, like people want to, they really want to debunk this idea of a uh, positive mindset being useful. And the most common thing that comes up is people are like, oh, you're just being delusional or 
Or more accurately, they'll say something like if they have a bit of a psychological educational background or awareness of cognitive biases, they'll say, isn't that just confirmation bias? Isn't that just that, you know, if you you're you just bought a white car or you want to buy a white car, that old story of like, well, then when you go out to the street, you'll see a zillion white cars or you'll only see white cars as you direct your attention, as in confirmation bias. It's just you will tend to pay attention to and therefore see, register what you are looking for and you will tend to not see what you're not looking for. And, yeah, I mean, that's always how things work, isn't it? And also the other side of that picture that we need to consider is that the same thing is true with our negative thoughts, as you were saying. You know, just as much as confirmation bias is just one of the mechanisms, it's not the only mechanism, it's not simply that it changes our attention when we think positive or when we pay attention to something, but just like in the way you could call somebody delusional or just seeing a part of the picture for having a positive confirmation bias, the same is true for negative, right? You're being just as delusional with your negative outlook on the world that then goes and by confirmation bias and by all the other biases and mechanisms, just simply where we direct our attention, you're also being delusional in the same way. So it really just comes down to how do you want to use your mind knowing that it's always going to be biased and flawed. You're always going to be taking in just the little snippet of reality and whatever you interpret from reality, whether it's positive or negative, Here's the kicker, as Christine was saying, will affect what results you create in your life because your mind is really just meant to act as a predictive machine. That's that's one of the purposes of your mind to keep you safe in the present moment and in the most immediate future. So your mind will pay attention to and interpret the stimuli, the information it receives in a way to predict the future. And you will feel according to that interpretation. Your brain will produce a feeling that's congruent or activate you physiologically in a way that's congruent with what your brain believes is about to happen. And then that physiological activation or that emotion is meant to move your body into action. So if you believe that this is how your brain keeps you alive, how your brain's meant to function, if you believe that negative things are going to happen, you're going to feel and behave in line with that. And you know that how you feel and behave affects your results, right? And the amazing, most easiest productivity hack, I think, is recognizing that if you can think in a way that is more aligned with what you want, your goals, you know, and probably by definition positive, then you get to feel and act as if that's going to happen and you're way more likely to make it happen. And I think it's really interesting the way you even describe yourself is I think you even said like two years ago was almost the cutoff or you said a couple of years, I think, just to quote you. So there was some change in you. I'm interested in taking me back to that time when you changed because you seem to demarcate it. It, Was it a conscious decision to change and, and how did that come about for you? You know, I think I throw out around the word couple a little bit too. Um, <laughs> I didn't quite mean it literally. This has been a long journey for me. Like I, when I was in med school, this was probably 
I would say roughly 10 years ago, I was thinking where I was like barracking for a yes, negative mindset. Yes, anxiety is productive. Yes, my self-criticism keeps me sharp, keeps me on my game. <laughs> that was probably about 10 years ago. And it is, it's just been a very slow, gradual change for me. It's not been something that, you know, even say I jumped on board with the idea that, oh, actually having an optimistic outlook can be strategic and useful at certain times in my life. Say I jumped on board with that. Um, probably, goodness, I'm not really keeping track of time. Maybe in the first couple of years after I left med school. And then ever since I decided that I wanted to experiment with that, and I decided that I wanted to see how that could be for me, how that could help me, it's been a slow and deliberate exploration of my mind, all the the thoughts I've practiced and believed about self-criticism and how useful that is and productive it is. And um, also not only that those belief systems, but the fear that came with that, you know, I had, I had to, and I am still breaking these down and trying to stop believing and obeying these unconsciously. The fear that, ah, if I, what if I let myself criticism? What if I let myself doubt go too much? What if I end up with no ability to be critical of myself or doubting of myself? How irrational do these fears sound when I speak them out loud, right? But that a part of me, a part of me that still believes that um, they're really, really useful um, is afraid to let them go. And truly what I'm aiming for, just to be clear, is not to be positive all the time. But as I was saying, my default was always to, and I practiced all throughout my schooling to go to the negative. And now I just want to be able to strategically use the positive at the times where I know it's going to help me. And I'm there's still parts of me that I feel are afraid of that. There are lots of parts of me that are afraid, um, you know, that the the blind spot thing I think comes up for me a lot. What if I'm what if I'm just focusing the positive and then I don't see these threats and problems? in the background. So I'm to answer your question, it was definitely not a um, quick switch of my belief system. And actually I'm still piecing it apart slowly. Although I'm so lucky that, well, I'm so grateful for my past self for doing all that work because I get to experience so much more positivity without trying compared to what I used to now. What about you? How How's your um, belief system changed over time? Yeah, well, I was just going to say what's interesting about that is, it, yeah, absolutely. I think it has to be a gradual process because otherwise it's like having a personality transplant and we just cannot expect that of ourselves. I think it has to be a gradual conscious decision to try and to practice doing this. Um, and I think that there is a lovely kind of evolution that happens. But one of the things I find is that once you have experienced this, like in a complete cycle where you've thought positively about something you've had and it could just be like sitting down to study for a couple of hours but you've you've felt good about it you've had a good experience you round off that experience having had a good experience you've created a little positive bubble and you've created a loop for yourself that feels 
like the next time you will go in and do that other loop and you'll start to trust yourself. But once you've seen that side of yourself where you can be positive and you can win, <laughs> you can do hard things and you can do it from a positive place. Once you've met that version of yourself, it's hard to unsee it. Now, it doesn't mean you won't regress and go back and be the other version of yourself and, and you'll go between, but it becomes the new thing to aim for. It becomes the new place that you want to navigate life from. And I think that's where I notice it is like, I now feel like that is my lens that I aim to uphold. When I'm not there, I'm extremely aware that I'm not there. <laughs> it doesn't mean that I, I can't climb back there using sort of various techniques, but sometimes it does feel like a bit of a climb. Sometimes it feels like you're in a wee bit of a hole that you need to dig yourself out of. So I just want to normalize that as well. It's not like <laughs> it's not like we're saying, oh, we're just so positive and like nothing bad happens and we never think anything bad ever. Obviously, things scare us. And the the more that you achieve things and grow in life, you just get to the next level and then there's something else to grow towards and achieve. So I don't think this cycle of learning how to be more optimistic and positive and, and have that lens. I think that learning of how to do that is like a lifelong process, I, I think, um, is my experience of it. Um, and I guess to answer your question, the, the time that I consciously put my attention towards this was when I finished my training when I was so burnt out and I just didn't want to be a doctor anymore so I was a consultant nephrologist who did not want to do medicine anymore and after studying for most of my you know many 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 years till that point it was quite sad for me but then I shifted my attention to this place where I just made a decision I don't want to be like that again I don't want to feel this burnt out again I don't want to get myself into this hole again and so I started exploring ways to future proof I guess and once I did that and I had a toolbox for myself I then I, you know I'm, I'm obviously still practicing medicine and now infusing these toolboxes into doctor humans in training <laughs> it's like a passion so um, I guess yeah that was when it flipped for me it was from a low very very low place and then learning how to how to consciously be a more positive person. It is definitely a choice. I want to make that piece that you said about trying, experimenting with this positive outlook and seeing how it affects you, assessing the results of that, the sound bite for this episode. I just think that, that that's the key, isn't it? Because, you know, it was it it was and it still is residual fears that are holding me back from strategically using optimism more it's still fear that if I and and just lack of awareness to be honest like that's the other thing when when I don't have my awareness as I was saying my default can be to go to sometimes it's positive neutrals but sometimes it's a negative and I, I suspect a lot of the time it is negative um but to have that Give yourself a small space to experiment and see for yourself in your life how a change in the way you feel from the way you think, how that does actually affect you in your life, whether it's it's sitting down to study and, and try and do focused, really convergent thinking where you're trying to narrow down on points or when you're doing more creative uh, thinking when you're trying to, um, you know, conceptualize something, or even when you're thinking about perhaps creating a presentation, 
you know, we do that a lot in medicine. You're trying to create a presentation that really speaks and communicates well to the audience, a different type of thinking. Notice how or trial how thinking and feeling differently affects your productivity of that kind, kind of thinking. Trial how more, a more positive feeling, a less negative feeling affects the way that you show up when you're doing the public speaking for that presentation or when you're sitting an exam. Just this is the way that you really need to make change in a way that is safe for you, that doesn't exacerbate those fears anymore. Because for, for every human, we all have fears. And just because you're not aware of them doesn't mean they're there. But if you can give yourself a contained space, think of it like an experiment. It's a time-limited experiment where you're going to test in a reasonably safe space and then you're just going to assess the results. At the end of it, you get to say, yep, that's for me. That really works well for me. Or no, it actually doesn't. It makes me perform worse. It affects me in a negative way. I don't like the way it feels. Or just simply that doesn't work for me in this context and that's okay. And really what Christine and I want to bring to your attention is that this is just another option for how you can live your life. For people like you who have gone through these quite brutal medical systems where we're so focused on not doing anything wrong and so many of us have that perfectionistic belief system behind all of the education that we've done, even from, you know, a more rudimentary school levels all the way through where we really punish failures and we elevate successes and that can make us very perfectionistic and fearful. So this is just an offer and a bit of a reminder for you guys today to just in small safe spaces, do the experiment, make your own hypothesis See if it works for you, the N equals one. Don't just take our word for it, but actually try it for yourself. And I think um, just on that, I was hoping that maybe you could share some of the ways. So if we're going to do this experiment for ourselves, how do you start the experiment? Because if your natural mindset is negative and we're asking you today to do this experiment with yourself to try and flick that switch into a positive, and we know, we know that you can flick the switch, how do you flick the switch to positive? So I want to break it down in the most simple way, but Christine actually has some really beautiful techniques that are more things that you build into your day-to-day life. They can kind of kick you, they can flick the switch and they can help you maintain in that space, which is really lovely. And I might just talk about like the the tiniest atom pieces of it, um, because this is kind of the way that I do it. I use it in my day-to-day life and it's It's recognizing that the reason that I want to think differently is because I want to feel differently. I want to feel differently because my feelings, how I feel affects the way that I behave, right? And in this model, my behavior to me not only includes the way that I, the actions I take and actions I don't take, but the way that my mind works as well. You know, if I'm if I feel differently, if I feel, even just take the example of if I feel more positive rather than fearful, when I'm fearful, I narrow my focus on the problems. My attention all goes to the problem. I'm fixated. When I feel more positive, my attention's more open. I'm more mentally flexible. I have, a, therefore, a better ability to find different solutions in different places. So 
the way that I do it is I like to become aware of my thoughts. And for me, I usually get the trigger of recognizing now because I've got more emotional awareness. It's something I've built up over the years. I get the awareness that I'm feeling, um, whether it's, you know, just take the example of say when you're studying, I get the awareness that I'm feeling bored, I'm feeling agitated, I'm feeling overwhelmed, panicked, I'm starting to feel defeated. I notice those emotions and then I will ask why are those emotions here and up in my thoughts. I'll find uh, I feel defeated because I'm having the thought I'm not going to get this all done. I'm feeling overwhelmed because I'm having the thought it's too much to do. I'm feeling anxious because I'm thinking I'm running out of time. I better hurry up, for example. So I start with getting awareness of where I'm at right now, how I feel right now and why. What's the thought causing it? And when I recognize, even just in doing that, I recognize that I'm feeling this way because I'm thinking this way. And then I can also ask myself, well, how do I want to feel right now? Here's where you, we're just asking you to take an experiment or just take on, experiment with the idea that positivity can help you. So with my understanding in my life and my experience so far that positive Positivity can be strategic for my productivity. I'll think, I want to feel calm. I want to feel calm as I'm studying. And that might not resonate for a lot of you guys, but this is something that I've worked out after being coached over the years. Calm doesn't sound like a productive emotion, but for me, calm produces really productive work. So if I recognize that I want to, or if I decide that I want to feel calm, Now, for me, I need a thought that will produce that state in my body. I need to convince my mind that it should feel calm, that there's reason to feel calm. And so a thought for me might be like, you've already done enough. Everything from here is extra. It doesn't need to be perfect. You've still got more time tomorrow. You know, these these things that are actually, they might sound like they're placating me, but in my case for a lot of time, and back when I was studying a lot too, those were also facts. A lot of the time, even though my mind was telling me there's so much to do and I'm not getting enough done, what was actually true was that I had already done enough to pass the exam. <laughs> you know, I'd most likely already done enough to pass the exam. Um, that would have been actually true at the time and um, that I do have more time And even the thought that, um, you know, even you could even use this idea that you want to feel calm because it's more productive. So you could even, and it it all depends on what thoughts create the emotion in you. My thoughts won't create the same emotions in you as they do in me. But a thought like, I love feeling calm. Even if I just think I love feeling calm, I actually feel calm as I say that. So it's all a bit of an experiment, but the concept here is we first need you to accept the experiment or accept the challenge of doing the experiment or testing the hypothesis that your uh, a positive affect can improve your productivity. And then I would suggest that you find thoughts that create the emotion, the type of positive emotion that you want to feel. I love everything you said. (laughs) That's so good. And I think that was absolute gold, especially when you sort of took it from 
how do I want to feel? It was so intentional. It was like, I'm going to set this intention to feel this way. And I think that is such a beautiful thing. And that, um, that, that sounded like a magic trick as well. I love feeling calm. It feels like such a generic statement, but because we can all believe that we, we do love feeling calm, it's bound to work for most people who are listening. So yeah, I, I loved, that was just pure, pure gold <laughs> as usual pure gold love it and I think it's interesting because we come at this from a slightly different place so obviously you are the thought ninja wizard person and the more that I um listen to you and the more that I'm around you I think that's definitely something that is coming to my awareness like I'm starting to tap into that but previously and, and sort of most of the time I'm just at the feeling stage like I just feel bad I feel bad I've got something happening there's a sense of impending doom and I'm feeling bad and I'm not quite I'm not quite in touch with the actual sentence of what that means. Um, but if I'm doing something that scares me or I feel I feel bad about it, I will just I'll just feel I feel the bad feeling. And so I think what I've used in the past is just more more it's the exact same thing really as you. It is about how do I want to feel and like just being able to manipulate that feeling without knowing why you feel bad, <laughs> without investigating and just literally choosing the new emotion and then the way that I would get there could be like it's different for everyone we talked about the joy list um previously which is when you write down a list of things that brought you joy when you were a child and having them to hand so that might be drawing singing dancing whatever it is um and then for even just set a timer for 10-15 minutes and do something you find joyful innately you'll probably find that your mood changes you know put on a song dance around that works for most people put on some music, that type of thing. So there's that kind of activity that's joyful. But the other thing I like to do is kind of wipe the slate clean and then put in, like set the tone. So what I mean by that, I guess the easiest way to do that um, if, you, if you're a meditator is to meditate because then you close all the windows down on the computer, right? You're closing all the windows down and you're giving yourself a blank slate. But if you don't, if you don't meditate and a lot of people don't like meditation I think something else you could do is um just go for a walk clear your head just go and sit in nature just whatever it is that helps you to clear your head and for a lot of people that is exercise or something and right after you've done the thing that clears your head grab a piece of paper or speak it out loud and just set the new intention exactly where Beck got to with how do I want to feel right now but even on top of that who do I want to be in this moment I think being is really because usually um when I'm feeling this way I'm not showing up as the person that I want to be I'm showing up as like the current version of me who's a bit different and I want to be that person who for example just walks confidently on stage with no nerves and that's who I want to be so sometimes you can just like write down or at least acknowledge to yourself who you want to be and how you want to feel that's another way to do it and then that's it and then just start the activity whatever it is and see the difference <laughs> but I think wiping the slate clean as well because sometimes there's that kind of jammed up chatter and you can't you can't take yourself out of the negative circuitry Another thing's having a nap that'll take away the negative for you but um what do you say about that babe? do you have do you also clear the slate as well yeah, when I, there are certain emotions in my body that, you know, it's kind of like um, my physiology has been set off. The the hormones are coursing through my, my veins. And even if I was able to change my thoughts at 
the moment. There's a bit of a lag time between my body coming back into a more neutral state as opposed to that stressed fight or flight state that it that it can easily go into when you have any negative thought, even if it's not a seemingly life-ending thought. And so I just think what you said about doing things that allow you to feel the emotion, including, you know, going for a walk and moving your body, those things help you to stop resisting. You know, you know, you get a negative emotion in your body and just kind of you kind of clench up, you constrict, you're like, I just don't want this to be happening. You're almost like trying to, I don't know, <laughs> squeeze it out of you. What are you doing? It's like you don't want it to come over your body. And so you can naturally kind of constrict. And um in my experience, it only makes the emotion worse. It makes the negativity worse. And when you can do the practices that you do to help that emotion move through your body, move through its natural course, going for a walk, moving your body. I think those things really help to facilitate from the bottom up, from as in giving you signals from your environment that you are safe and nothing's going wrong. Nothing is negative here. And so your body's receiving this information that's more conducive with positivity. It's more conducive with the, a reality that you're in a positive space. And so it's also just in another way, feeding your mind with this idea that everything's okay. Everything's good. I can be calm. You know, that, that would help me get back to calm as well. So yeah, it's, it's, um, this is, this is why I love working with you because you have such beautiful techniques for all the different ranges of challenges that you come across in the amazing work that you do. You know, you're constantly putting yourself in situations that would make anybody terrified, (laughs) whether it's in your clinical work or it's in your business. You know, you're not afraid of these big emotions and you put yourself in these situations where you have these big emotions. And sometimes big emotions can't be changed immediately from thoughts. Well, they can be technically. And also it's okay to recruit. It's it's useful. It's adaptable to recruit all these this different help from all the other functions of your body. So I love this approach and I do a lot of feeling my feelings and allowing my feelings. I do, I do a lot of that, do a lot of crying in particular. Yep. It's so, so healthy though. And I actually like that you added that and not only creating a blank slate, but you're right, letting any negative emotions actually come out of you because you don't want to put them down. You don't want to override them and you don't want to ignore them either. So I think that's so beautiful. And as you were talking, I just realized we're obviously talking about having a positive slant so you can do hard things today, but it doesn't necessarily have to be like hard in the classic sense. I remember that I used this for major imposter syndrome when I became a consultant, especially when I was a younger consultant. So I'd be wandering into my ward round and I'd be like five minutes older than the registrar. And <laughs> I was like, uh, this seems a bit incongruent logically that I should know everything and I'm somehow medically legally responsible for everything. It was just this kind of, it was a lot, right? It was a lot. And I, I think some people step into it without that panic attack, but I mean, I, I wasn't having that experience. So I had this kind of ex- imposter syndrome. And so when I was on ward service, there was two ways I could do it. I could walk in being like, I'm so grateful to be a consultant here and this is a beautiful opportunity and I make great decisions. Or I could go in being like, oh God, oh God, what decisions, what decisions are coming my way? Oh, the uncertainty, right? So there was two different versions of me. 
but if I had enough time in the morning to work on making myself into version one that I described, <laughs> then I would obviously choose to do that and I would have an entirely different day. So I guess this works really well for imposter syndrome as well, um, as well as actual activities. And yeah, just I guess just to point that out. Absolutely. And I think you pointed out something really beautiful in there too, just to add on. When we say to think positive, we're not suggesting that you reach for these big, amazing, extravagant statements like, I am a brilliant consultant five minutes into my consultancy journey, right? Like if you can get there and if it has a good emotional effect on you, great, amazing. And also a part of this work can be just coming more to neutral, like just getting out of negative, like just for me, so much of my work has been picking up on all those thought errors that I had, which are thoughts like, you know, if I was to put myself in your shoes, it would be like, as a consultant, I should know everything. As a consultant, I cannot make a mistake. Those thoughts, not consciously, but I'd have to do a bit of work to find like, that's the reason why I feel so terrible right now. And a way of, you know, that's actually a very negative, rigid way of thinking. And a positive way of thinking is actually a statement like, I don't have to know everything as a consultant. I will make mistakes and that's okay. They are positive statements to me because they have a positive effect on my emotion. So it's not just thinking sunshine and rainbows and thinking that you have to delude yourself into um, positivity, but it's also just recognizing where you're, you're delusionally negative <laughs> too, because that, well, that's, that's a lot of my negativity is delusional. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. And just bringing yourself back to neutral. I, I love, I love that. I love everything you've said today, Beck. This is so useful. I hope it's useful to um, everyone who's listening. And if you are finding this helpful, definitely leave us a comment below and feel free to share any stories give us any ideas for future episodes as well I really enjoyed this conversation Beck. <laughs> so have I it's it's like a reminder for me as much as like I want to spread it out to everybody too like I really needed to hear this today so thank you for everything yeah yeah and I guess we'll continue to we'll continue to learn these lessons ourselves and <laughs> <laughs> do hard things and continue to to bring ourselves back to the positive for sure so not perfect but we're we're work in progress <laughs> amazing good luck with launching your course this week speaking of uh I feel like we're both in like course launchy mode like we're both it's, it's interesting we're kind of working in parallel like um yeah so same I cannot wait <laughs> for for um your beautiful course as well I'll keep quiet for now but I'm I'm very excited <laughs> All right, guys, we'll speak to you soon. All right, see ya. Bye. I've been waiting all my life for something. I've been down the darkest roads and up.